Park, 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 How'd you get into it? I started when I was little. I started when I was, um, I got a job at a golf course, working the range, you know, like with the cart, picking up the balls. And they had these um, tubes where you go on the marshy woodland area and you could take the tube and pick up the ball and fill it up like 30 balls or something. And then you walk over to the bucket, dump it in the bucket and go back in the woods and keep doing it. And so you had that option or you could just take a club and hack them out into the middle of the of the range and then you could get in the cart and pick them up so that's really how i learned how to hit the ball so i was 12 working at a driving range and then i would chip the balls out of the woods the older kids like working there because i was like the youngest so the older people working there then they played all the time and they would go out after work and this and the other and so i'm I realized that like the only way they're gonna invite me to be able to play with them is if I can figure it out, if I can actually play, you know, if I can handle myself and and understand like one how to hit the ball, but two like you know the little nuances and such of the of golf. Like it, it's not only about hitting it; it's like who hits first and where you stand and when you're silent and you know like the manners and such of it is important too. So that at that point I was thinking, you know. I got to get better. I got to get better at golf. And I had played tennis before, so I understood how to hit spin. Like I could hit top spin or I could hit cross court or I could hit like a, a cut. I realized hitting like a, a slice is like hitting a, an approach shot or a cut in tennis. You know, you got to spin the ball. And so I learned how to spin the ball based off of the tennis. There was an assistant pro who kind of like took a liking to me or something as a kid. And then he started to give me lessons and kind of helped me to get it, you know, figured out my pops played so I always wanted to get better to be able to play with him and his friends and, and all of that and so I started young and I got decent by the time I was probably like almost 16 mm-hmm. and then some of my friends got cars and the last thing I wanted to do was hit balls all day at the range when everybody else was doing everything but golf so right. I bailed and I didn't golf anymore I went to art school in Atlanta and I didn't have a way to make money. So I figured I could caddy because I'd already learned like why I would get tips. You know, if you pull up, I'll pull up on you right when you pull in. I'm at your trunk. Pop, get the bag. How you doing? Maybe if I remembered your daughter's name or your wife's name, I'd ask how they are, Mm. you know, and then bang, you hit me with a 20 just because every time. So then I start, you know, I check cars and shit. I know who's coming down the hill tea times and I'd be in the parking lot like waiting, like <laughs> Mr. Smith's on his way. I got his ass today. <laughs> Whoop, get the bag. And so I knew I could make tips at the golf course and I didn't really have any intentions of playing. So I was probably like 19. All the other caddies, we would play every Monday. So the caddies could play for free on Monday and they'd walk like 36 holes. and. All week long, you'd be talking about bets and talking shit and who's going to beat who. And, you know, so it became this whole thing. So then at that point, I was like, I'm in. I'll play with y'all. And then I had to start practicing. So then I'd go to the driving range a couple days a week, not tell any of them, go hit balls, go practice, go chip. And just so I could gamble with all of them on Mondays. So then I did that. You know, the addiction was back. I don't know, three, four years straight in Atlanta where I caddied and golfed. And then I moved to New York City and I abandoned it again did ad agency, marketing, publishing stuff. And I'd never played once in New York. And then when I was 33, 
my wife Erica, we were, we were pregnant with Remington, my second son, and I was out partying and doing too much. And she was tight. I came in at like nine in the morning. <laughs> she was tight. And so I said, look, I'm not going to, we're in this together. You know, I won't drink a party until you have the baby because, you know, it's my baby too. So just because you're preggy doesn't mean you sit at home and I go be a derelict. So I'll just chill and stay home and so she was like, oh, you're the best husband ever. You're the greatest dad. And then I'm like, how in the world am I going to stop partying and going to nightclubs every night? How am I going to do it? And I was, I, was, I was done. She wasn't angry anymore, but I had committed to not partying and drinking and, you know, doing drugs and shit. So, so then I figured I'll just start golfing again. So I started getting tea times at like Angeles National. Anywhere I could get tea times, I'd get them as early as humanly possible. So it would make yeah, sure I'd at least have something in my head where I'm like, well, I'm gonna go to bed early because I'm playing it, you know, 7.05, I'm teeing off. So then it, it took about two, three days and then I switched the addiction of partying and everything else to, to golf. And then I was like doing flyovers on the holes where I go on the hole and look on the computer and it's like, oh shit, I'm gonna hit four iron on the first hole. I hit three wood on the second, driver. You know, so I'm taking like notes and shit on how I can go and, you know, give it my best attempt. Cleaning my clubs, picking my outfits out, getting up early. And that was it. I haven't really stopped playing since then. That was 33 and I'm 46. So that was about 13 years ago where I really started basically playing every day. I'm still at it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I want to say it was like Tiger winning, winning something. And at the time, I didn't know what it was because I was younger and I wasn't really into the game. But uh, I remember my uncle and my pops in the living room watching it and... um not really being interested in it. And then, like, I remember, like, literally days later, my brother goes goes and plays in some tournament with him and his boys. And mind you, we're, like, 12. Oh, he's 12. I'm, like, third. I'm like 14. And my brother goes and plays in this tournament, wins, gets a trophy and all this other stuff. I'm sitting there, like, for the first time in my life, I was, like, I was never really jealous of my little brother because I was always like the big brother. I was taller. I could do this, do that, whatever, whatever. But at that moment, I remember I was just, I felt a little jealousy. I was just like, damn, that's one thing I felt like I'll never get is a golf trophy. And I was like, all right, bet. And literally, no, <laughs> since going back to school and doing all of this, I'm like, no, I got to get an actual trophy. Obviously, basketball is more of a team aspect and, and, and golf is so individual. But playing in, in college, there's a team aspect of the game. You're still out there by yourself. It's not like you just like passing it to him and he making a shot. And like, yeah. all right, bet. I'm glad I had to shoot that because I could have. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So from like, it's, it's one of those weird aspects of it, but it's it's grueling as hell. I know that from just like individually worried about how I'm gonna do and how I can help my team or how, you know, I just want to play in general, especially from the time that I put into this into the game like golf is one of those is probably the hardest sport to me because i could practice hitting a curveball for three hours and then tomorrow you know i'm going to be able to start you know eventually start hitting curveballs i could sit here on the range and practice different shots and different all day long and not see the reap or reap the benefits of the working on a range for four hours like you might you might see it in certain shots but like you can literally like look at pros pros still hit the ball to bounce you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's it's one of the hardest games going. So for me, when you put it into actually competing, like, when you you got to roll everything in. Like, I didn't grow like, up playing the game. So I grew up 
That's good. Like, okay, cool. You get used to picking it up. But when you're not used to, when you're not used to putting three, four footers, and you got to compete. Those that's that's big. Those shots is those strokes is like that's crazy uh, for pros to make a ten foot putt. It's like what thirty percent, thirty three percent, thirty three percent. And in a basketball, I mean, the average pro is a 80 percent of free throw. That's true. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Steph shoot 92%, and he's one of the, the best. The best golfer, he's probably, the average is 33. The best golfer is probably, what, 37% making percentage? I think it's golf's like, like each shot is the same amount of pressure. You can practice it all day long, and you, you can shoot free throws in the gym all day and make hundreds of them. But then when you have to make one to win the game, it's a little different. Yeah. Right? But no, with golf, 100%. it's the same shit. Like he's saying, you can practice all day long. You can hit... 50-yard nippy wedges all day on the range and then go play and somebody presses the bet and there's pressure and you got a 50-yard shot and the ball's sitting there not moving in the fairway. Everything's perfect and you chunk it three foot or scull it out of bounds. It's like 100%. it can happen like that. Most other sports, for like you doing like layups, it's like the easiest thing you've ever done in your life. You're not going to wake up one day and then like airball layups. Right, it's not right. going to happen. No. But with golf, you could be on the range at 5 p.m., just hitting the ball perfect, eat dinner, go to sleep, wake up, and come out the next day and be trash. Just trash. <laughs> like, you never, ever played yeah. before in your whole life. Like, how did that yeah. happen? I didn't even go out. Trash, I didn't do anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm like a beginner because it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. And I think confidence is, like, serious. And so when he's saying, like, the three-foot putters, when, when you have to putt every putt three foot and you go on the first hole and you lip one out, it's going to be a long day. For sure. Yeah. Then in your head, you go to the next one, four foot now, for birdie, for par, for bogey. doesn't matter what it's for. You're still thinking about that one you just missed, and then you block it a little, push it. The next one, you pull it. The next one, you get the nervous, you don't off. hit it hard enough. Right. You leave it an inch short. It's like, is this happening to me? And it can, it, it can yeah. you know, it's, it's very easy to go from being really, really good at golf to something goes wrong, and then, you, then you're trash. But it's very difficult to go from when you're when you're in a slump and you're playing like shit to like do something to 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 get good again. Yeah. Right? It's almost like you just kinda just write that day off. Yeah. Like today I'm just, just gonna be trash. Like, you know yeah, what? tomorrow I'll be nice is. again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know that, I'll be good tomorrow. Tomorrow but today, or the evening rounds. Something's gonna switch up. But when I play my best rounds, the best scores I've ever shot. You know, it's a game, golf's a game of inches, right? So if you hit a drive down the fairway and it's going towards the bunker, on the day where they shoot 10 under, it hits and kicks left into the fairway. Then the next day you hit it in the exact same spot and it bounces forward and goes into the lip of the bunker. And then on the, you know, you're putting, you make every putt one day, the next day you lip out every putt. But like you're hitting the hole. So it's just like some of it's just the golf gods like pounding you some days where you can't get around sure. it, right? It's the like golf gods. then the next day, you know, you hit a three wood on a par five and you blow it right, it hits a tree and goes two foot from the hole. You go tap in for an eagle when you just hit the worst shot ever. Yeah, so sure. even though you're hitting really, really, really good shots, that doesn't mean you can score. But. So that's a real weird thing where like, you know, yeah, I can, I, I can hit, sometimes I'll, I'll hit, four really, really, really good shots in a row and still get a bogey. It's like, I don't know what to do. I'm over here doing my best. I'm pure in the drive. 
it hits something weird, kicks off into some shit, or it lands in a divot hole. And then the next one, you hit it, and it's flying perfectly at the pin. Everything's perfect, and it hits right by the flag, and then rolls and rolls and trickles, and it goes down a big-ass hill into some pine straw. And then you hit a beautiful flop shot up out of the pine straw, which is impossible to do, and then you lip out the five-footer bogey. It's like, but damn, I actually hit... A perfect shot, yeah. a great flop shot, a pure seven iron of my life, and a great drive, and I still got a bogey. And so it's tough with golf because you're 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 playing against the course and you're playing against the score. So like, you know, a lot of times when I tell people like I don't really like to keep score that much because it's I like to just try to hit as many good shots as I can, and then I'll look back and say, oh, I shot a decent score. But you know, you can hit a perfect drive, perfect four iron, six foot read the putt wrong, miss the birdie, and feel like a, a loser. And it just, just it erases the fact that you hit the perfect drive, a perfect four iron, perfect putter Flop. stroke, but you, yeah. you know what I mean? You're reading yeah. the green, you can't see it perfectly, and you hit the lip and it whoop whoop comes to the front. So then instead of being like, well, good job, Steve, you just hit three really great shots, pretty much four, it's just, I'm a loser, I missed the five foot birdie. What a chump. So true. <laughs> I feel that. I think most of it is you just can't care. You just can't care because it's the harder you try, the worse you're going to do. The more you think, the worse you're going to play. It's like when I watched Top Gun, they said, just you don't think, just do. You know what I mean? When you start thinking and you get in your head and you start remembering, oh, I missed the putt two holes ago and you got a putt, you're going to miss the putt. You got to have amazing positive thought and confidence you know what I mean like I was I was telling my son he said he he thinks he could beat me right and he's 10 and he he really thinks he can beat me but like I think I could beat Tony Fino but what <laughs> I think's not actually real but if right. you don't think you can I promise you you can't 100% so it has to do with like not beating yourself up realizing that like at any second you could have a disaster and then it's just a matter of like staying positive and going back and just trying to hit the next shot good. And like I said, just try to hit as many good shots as you can. So like it doesn't matter if you're trying to make a five footer for eagle or for double bogey. You could pure a putter the same way you can pure a wedge. And if you pure it and you read the break right and it breaks and hits the cup, it's like that's it. It's like a, it's, it, there's there's plenty of opportunity to hit golf shots, you know. And so like. I don't really care that much enough to get upset with myself. And I'm also realistic with like, I'm not a professional golfer. You know what I mean? And I do practice a lot and I train a lot. And so another thing they say, like, trust the work or like uh, trust the process or whatever. So if you practice all the time, you know, like uh, last week I went out on the driving range and I went down the side of the range and I hit, you know, probably 300 little baby wedges out of the high rough and shitty grass and everything. So then you go play the next day and you hit one in that same weird grass. It's like, let me get that wedge. I can't wait to hit this one because you mm -hmm. did it so many times. It's like you saying Steph shooting free throws. It's like he shot a lot of them. It's not a coincidence that he's 93% or whatever the hell, right? 100%. It's like, you know, you got to trust the process and you have to work at it and you have to believe that you're going to make it. Because even him, if he thinks he's going to miss it, what's going to happen? Right. I hate my putters yeah. right now. And it's like every time I get, I feel like I'm getting like, okay, cool. I, like I, I'm used to this one. This is what's going on. I'll go four putt. Like literally. 
And it's it, like the worst part about it for me is like when everything else in your game is coming together and it's just like this one this one <laughs> piece that you just cannot fit into this damn puzzle. And then for me right now it's putting and my I don't I've taken lessons. I've it's almost like to the point where now it's it's like cerebral. Like I'll get to the tee box or I'll get a a 250 away and a par five in the fairway, and I'm like, oh, bet, I got this. I'll get four feet away from the pin and be like, oh, my God. My favorite club in my bag, I would say, probably like my 9-iron. Any, like, 9-iron in my wedges right now, I'm feeling really good. Stop. My 3-wood technically is my favorite club because my driver can get a little squirrely. Yeah. But in order, if I'm gonna play well and keep it in, the, keep it, in, you know, have a good round going, I think the three wood is the way to go for me. But right now, I've been really chipping, really good with my wedges. I saw Nelly Corda. She said they said, "What's your favorite club?" Like in a tournament a week or two ago, and she said, "I love all of my children." She said, "I don't take, uh, <laughs> I, I love all my children and my balls. I don't have a bad club that you know my kids. You know, you love all your kids, right?" So that's what she was talking about. I think the one I use the least is my three wood because I have this little two iron joint hybrid two iron thing and that I can hit really low and it'll and it's very safe to hit and it goes maybe like 230, 240. So I end up hitting that or my driver. So I rarely hit three wood nowadays somehow. I just hit it. If I, if I want to hit it three wood distance, I'll just hit a little fade driver. Little, you know, little light. Well, you don't play as much anymore, I would imagine. No. But when when you do play, what's your favorite club in the bag? You're going to laugh. Yeah. My favorite club in the bag, and it's been this way for the last couple of years, is my 11 wood. 11 yes, wood. Yes, I have an 11 wood in my bag, and it is the most reliable club in my bag. What type of iron would that be? <laughs> five iron. <laughs> if I had to pick that, I'd say the one I'm having the most fun with now is the little 60-degree wedge chipping and putting and hitting uh i practice a lot on hitting like john daly backswing to tiger woods follow through but try to hit it like the four yards full swing five yard flops and that's the easiest one to do that shot so if, i figure if you practice that a lot that's the hardest shot then it's hitting a stock seven iron or a hybrid or whatever that's light work what's the bounce on your 60 I'm not that techie. I don't You're know. Not that techie, Stop. really? Yeah, I, uh, it's one of that uh, the the where it has the grooves to go all the way to the t tip, the, okay, the tip the, toe uh, or whatever. Taylor yeah, high toe. High toe is kind of like a coppery yeah. vibe, but so I don't really sand them and all that stuff that much. I don't know, and right. I learned recently the difference between the spoon and the knife. Yeah, you know, so right by the hosel is the spoon, and then the tip of it. The, the the lava the the sixty degree that's the knife, mm -hmm. so I try to focus on making sure that I keep it open as much as I can, yeah. so that the spoon can't grab. Because sure. when it grabs, it like snatches it shut. And then another thing on those ones when you go up really high like this and then come down, you gotta let it fall and then almost feel the sensation of like trying to chunk it at yeah. the end. So which that then makes my wrist pop and the the club will go under it, smooth under it and keep the speed up. Mm. with a little whack at the bottom. And then like Tiger does that shit, he'll do it all the way up and then flip it and put it in his pocket. Put the grip in your pocket. I think the ones that bum me out is the people who aren't very good at golf, <laughs> but keep telling you why they're bad the whole time. <laughs> 
right? Like the dude slices <laughs> the ball in the woods, and then it's like, I can't believe I'm slicing it. Like, my man, you're going outside in, you're cutting across the ball, it's going to slice, like aim left. No, I normally hit it straight. Another one in the trees. I can't believe this. Ask my, ask my instructor. I was hitting it perfect yesterday. It's like... Got to hear that shit for 18 holes. That's for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is no fun. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. To me, honestly, bro, like, I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty chill. Again, the bad golfer that just has the thought of being really, really good is really, like, annoying to me. Like, don't get me wrong. Everybody, like, I don't get me wrong. Like, you want to be good. Obviously, I, I get that. But if you're bad... Let's pick the pace up a little bit. Like, come on, bro. If, if you're gonna be gonna play worse, then you know, play faster. Like that that guy who takes twelve practice swings oh, man. every single time. Like, bro. Like you're out the hole already. We just like, come on. When as you learn, you you learn more little like um, little sayings and shit. Like if you ever say, if you ever hear anyone say, "Yo, do you got a pocket?" That means pick that motherfucker up and put it in your pocket. You've hit uh, it enough that hole, right? Yo, you got a pocket? <laughs> yeah. Like, when you I haven't nine, heard that one yet. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear that one. I haven't What's heard that, that one yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, you got a pocket? It's hard for me to realize, like, when you, you know, think of golf, especially back in the day in the early 90s or 80s or whatever, and these dudes putting these, putting this, you know, polos and, and their socks and stuff on and really, like, looking in the mirror like, okay, this is fly. Like, I don't think they was doing that back then. And then Payne also is, uh, he invented the, like, he was playing in the Pinehurst where he won the uh, U.S. Open, and it was raining, and he was wearing a rain suit, right? I mean, like a rain jacket. And then it started raining harder or something, so he, he got scissors, and he just cut the sleeves off. So if you see the photo of him like winning the U.S. Open and he's like fist pumping, it's a statue at yeah. Pinehurst. The 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 vest he's wearing is like you know it's not even cut properly because he just cut it off. That that then after that you see like the next two three years. That's why everyone's wearing those like wind vest, yeah, wind you know rain jacket, wind vest, which makes so no sense. So he was iconic with style then. For sure. Yeah, him and Jesper, him and Jesper Parnovic are probably the two most iconic in my memory of Jesper wearing like ties and wearing a bicycle hat flipped up, putting the logo under the bent brim. I was actually gonna, I was gonna ask, I was like, was Payne Stewart any good? But then she said he wanted to look when he was so yeah, good. he was so, great. So he was good, good. But he was like, he was, he was a little tweaky where he was had like, uh, you know, like, I don't say demons, but like he, there was definitely a lot going on, like in his mind and off the course and depression, I think, and different wild stuff was going on. And then he would like publicly talk about all that stuff too. So even with the fashion, they didn't, you know, they were very conservative and dude was like talking about stuff that people have a hard time talking about now even. And then the poor guy wrecked in an airplane. How long you been playing? I've been playing uh, probably, we're talking about, nine years now really yeah I, I didn't play when i when i was uh playing baseball i thought it would mess up my swing but as i've gotten to the point i'm at now and playing better i i think it would help my swing to be honest with you wow. now i'm starting to understand inside the ball turning that right hand over to you know based on the wind leaving the club open oh, you know about to sit here and tell me you, you understanding that after yeah. you hit 500 home runs bro. <laughs> <Over> 500. <laughs> now you get like yeah. that's wild well, I tried to play one time in 1992 with Fred McGriff who was mm. I just got traded over to the Padres 
he took me out on the golf course. Actually, we stayed in on a golf course. And um, the first hole, I had a driver in my hand. And I hit the ground so hard, my shaft went flying down the fairway. He kicked me off the course. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't been back since. <laughs> Don't even worry about it, bro. Don't yeah. worry about it. When I was younger, my dad is has always really been into golf. Um, so he wanted to play with me and, um, you know, I was just kind of running around doing whatever. And then, so what he did is he just put me in lessons. He was like, let me just put you in a lesson. It's like, like a six weeks, like kids camp. And this is when I was 10 years old. And so I went right into lessons and I played, I did that whole six weeks course. I played for like a year and a half and then I stopped. Just because I was young, I didn't have friends playing, you know. And then I picked it back up when I was 20 because my brother got back into it and he was really good. And then I wanted to hang with him. And then at 20, I started playing again. And then that's when I just got absolutely hooked on it. I was starting to play every day, playing by myself, going to get lessons. And then from then on, that's like, it's kind of how it you started. stopped. Yeah. And so lessons at 10 where were you in your skateboard career at 10 so i started skating when i was 10 so i started skating and golfing at the same age and then skating just took over i mean at that age it's just easier to find kids that skated i felt like i had more of a community there you know so i was like all right you know i gonna go hang out with my friends and go skate and just hang out there that's what all everybody my age did in my town i grew up in in leavenworth kansas you know yeah and then golf came around later is but, it harder to pull off a trick shot or like a trick or is it or a like trick a five, shot like a five foot putt what's harder <laughs> i guess it it depends on the meaning of the putt. <laughs> how many presses are in a birdie putt, yeah, bro? How many are, are we talking three presses, five footer? Or are we talking? Sean's a heavy, he's a heavy yeah. gambler. Sean loves the action. I, I love loves the gamble. <laughs> um, that's the funny part about skating and golfing. It's like these are two couldn't be more polar opposites in in the way of like, you know, golf is shirt tucked in, hat off in the clubhouse, very uptight, you know. Definitely for as when I was younger, associated with, you know, rich country club people and um, golf is very underground, baggy clothes, just we're, we're street rats, you know, we're like skateboarding just, is, yeah, skateboarding is, sorry. So skateboarding is kind of that opposite. But like when I think about the actual physical like doing it right like swinging a golf club is like all these micro reactions of where you place the club you know the slightest little roll here slightest little roll there releasing of the club there's all these little mechanical things that all need to come together to make a swing right and like that's how skateboarding is with like say doing a kickflip it's like pressing your foot down sliding your foot off in the right angle getting the board to flip a certain way. So it's like these micro mechanics that you don't even think about that all have to come together. So like, that's what I kind of love about the similarity of that. Um, and that's like, when I play golf, I think about that. And that's what I try to like bring into skating as well is like to try to, you know, these are 
very complicated moves all happening in a very short, fast time. And it's about how to calm your mind and kind of let things happen. Honestly, I feel like playing golf this long has actually made me a better skateboarder in that way. Wow. With like patience. Patience. Um, and then there's like, you can't get in your head about hitting a bad shot. You can't get in your head about skating, about falling. You know, it's like, these are two things that are trial and error that will, you know, it'll drive you nuts if you focus too hard on the bad things besides learning from it and then taking that with you into the next shot or the next trick or the next competition. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's what made me, once I realized that at like 20 years old, I just, that's what kept me in golf. And like, that's what I love so much about it. You know, golf is such a, it's such an eclectic sport that brings people together. I've loved this cat from the beginning, man you know, and been supportive of his gear and, and he's been great. And you have been a big fan of basketball. Congratulations and everything. And then Thank I asked you, you, I said before, I, I wish you to become a pro because it would make all of us very happy. I appreciate you know, it. And it's good for the game. Yeah. The first question I ask of everybody that I think is cool or on, or maybe not cool is that, do you golf? It reveals your character in the good and the bad. When I was working at the Laugh Factory in the late 90s, there was this guy that I saw all the time, we started talking about golf. We played at Griffith Park because we weren't members anywhere. And he hit his first ball and he duffed it and he chipped the other one, hit it out of bounds. And I said, hey man, just relax. You know, and he looked at me, he goes, why don't you fucking just worry about hitting your ball and I'll worry about hitting mine. I'd never spoke to that dude <laughs> since then. <laughs> it reveals, yeah. you know, usually, you know, if somebody you're in a bad relationship and you, everybody knows, they don't say shit. And then you're living in your car, you're like, hey man, you looked happy. Uh, <laughs> but in, go in golf, they'll just say, pick it up. I mean, yeah. you know, imagine you go to a club shit anywhere. It's like, yo, man, pick it up. Let's go. Just pick it up. It's a gimme. Take her home. Get out of here. Take them home. <laughs> Don't work so hard. Relax. Dude, where's my clubs, right? Like, <laughs> right, where's my fucking clubs? Malto drops them off at JR. Like, because he did not have the hotel till tonight and uh, or today. I'm like, what the fuck? Where the fuck is everyone, right? Where's my clubs? This dude shows up in the 11th hour, right? <laughs> oh, clubs are on your bag. You know, on the, no, clubs are on the cart, right? Clubs on the cart. And I'm like, sick. It's like, where's my shoes? I'm like, Malto, where's my shoes? Doesn't answer. Like, nothing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not till, till the end of the round. Take my bag off the cart. I'm like, my fucking bag's heavy. <laughs> Why is it so fucking heavy? Me and Paris like go to the bathroom, come back. And I was like, "What's this lump? My shoes are in my bag." Oh my god! <laughs> Slipping the whole round. Um, nah, no, it's fine. It's dry. This I got the dad shoes too. Like, how long you been playing? It's. A, I don't want to tell you. I mean, <laughs> it's like longer than you know. Probably been like fuck. I was probably like 20. It was Gavin. Gavin. The real Gav. The real Gav. You may know him from his inner, uh, his real estate fame, right? Yeah, right. Real estate fame. <laughs> but before that, he actually could stand on a skateboard and do tricks. Believe it or not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but this motherfucker was like, hey, we should golf. So we used to live together at the time in our apartment. 
He's like, we should golf. You know, his dad uh, had like, he had clubs for him. He actually used to play a little bit maybe, but he's like, we should play golf. And uh, we go to Los Feliz pitch and putt and like, let's play golf. Next thing you know, we're like golfing. And that's where I learned. Learn right there. Lost feelings pitching. Yeah. And what did you think at first when the, when the real guy said, let's go golfing, honestly? I was like, what? Why? You know? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? It's boring. It's, it's fucking right. boring. You see that shit on TV and you're like, ah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then, going on. then you grab a club, swing it. You're like, damn, I didn't hit it good. Let me hit it. I, I can do better. Try again, try again, try again. Hit one, flies, almost gets to the green. You're like, oh, that's why. I could do it. Yeah. It's so funny. And it's so technical, too. It's really, it is actually like skateboarding. We've talked about this before, but it's like golf is so tech. That's the thing that hooks you, right? Especially as a skateboarder like everything I do is super tech, right? And like, it's analytical. It's all up here and down here, right? And so now it's here and here, right? But same shit. Timing. It's, I mean, everything now. Like you're like, oh, I was late. I fell back. I did this. I did that. And head came up. Yeah, head came up. Uh, I didn't release. I did release too much i pulled it this uh, it's like so it's it's stupid and, actually and, and, <laughs> the and, game and, is in, so dumb in playing <laughs> with him in playing with him a bunch that little thing he just did it's it happens for 18 holes yeah. every shot it's every like shot. i fell back i didn't do this yeah. i lost it on the lower just so the analyzing. last one i'm gonna do this to adjust i'm gonna yeah you just yeah. like you're and constantly to the last one trying to fix the mistake on the last shot or no and you hit one good you're like how the fuck did i do that right <laughs> that's the other thing you're like well i didn't think about anything when i was growing up if you said golf in high school you got your ass kicked so i didn't touch a golf club till i was about 18 years old um i joined the fire department i was a paramedic couldn't even grow a mustache but all of them golfed so i wanted to be one of the men so i started golfing it was like pretty cool right at which it too at Weddington. and uh, after about Three or four years of seeing, smelling, and touching what I did, which they shouldn't let an agent be a paramedic. I'm like, fuck it. So I started golfing, and uh, I started doing a little hustle, like teaching. I was horrible as a golfer in the beginning. And after about two, three years, started getting a little bit better. And then one day, Smokey Robinson comes to Weddington. I was probably about a seven handicap at that time. I'm like, well, that's Smokey. So I used to have these little red caps you put in a cap gun. So I got the stall right behind him. Like the cap, put on, bang! He had to look at my shit, my swing. After two or three swings, I'm like, he's interested. Oh, good swing and all that stuff. Next day, I get a phone call at the front desk. It's smoking. I'm like, oh, yes. Student lessons. I love it. He says, hey, listen, can you meet me at my lawyer's office in about an hour? I'm like, fuck, I killed his eardrums. I'm going to get sued. <laughs> Instantly, three-year contract to go play professionally. He moved me to Palm Desert. And by the way, it was a seven. Who the fuck sponsors a seven handicap? <laughs> <laughs> so he gave me the full-blown sponsorship <laughs> thing. Full-blown. And after about a year, didn't make one cut. That sucked. It was horrible. The next year, I started winning doing cuts. And I realized then that there's no way I'm good enough to make the PGA Tour. I never touched a golf club. No junior golf. It's that difficult out there. 
So I call him up. I'm like, I think we should call it. He goes, no, let's go one more year. Awesome guy. Then after that, uh, I started teaching. I just love to teach. I could teach 24 hours a day. I would do it. You and teach a lot now. I just love it. I just love it. And I love the fact that nobody practices the right way. You all fucking suck for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because you do. You don't, nobody practices, right? The right way. How often do you practice? Too much. Oh, well, that's good. But you're, what, one scratch? No, I'm a, I'm a 3.8 right now. That's damn good. I know how much you practice. Forget it. <laughs> you know, uh, Golf. It's never funny when somebody gets hit, but if, listen, if they're not paying attention, it's funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs>